everyone, and welcome to our third episode of Rabbit Holes Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Elise. And I'm the other host, Andy. And we're very glad to have you back this week with us. We have some more uh, rabbit holes that we are falling down, uh, and so let's jump right into it to figure out who's going first this week. Oh, yes. I have Sorry. a very special app that has this little like fancy wheel Ooh. and I've put in our names and we're going to see who gets to go first and it's spinning and I'm no Vanna White but I'm doing the Vanna White hands for Andy and there we go and it's me. Ooh. So I get to go first this week. So my rabbit hole is inspired by the time of year because it's September Kids are going back to school. And so I started wondering about who are the people that will be graduating this year. Oh, dear. Yeah. Be prepared to feel real old real fast because oh, we're looking did. at the class of 2018. Huh. <laughs> I have CDs and T-shirts older than these people. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised if I have like a bag of sugar in the back of my cabinet that's about <laughs> their age, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Um, so I think it was last week or the week before, uh, you had said, I'm not a millennial, don't class me with them. But in fact, you are. You're a millennial, I'm a millennial, as much as I've been shit-talking them for the last ever. Depends on who you look at. Well, I think the people that you and I are generally disgusted with fall into, well, that's mean, but I mean, we're old. Just don't hold it against us. We're just old. Uh, it's Generation Z. Yes. So I'm Canadian, so we're going to say Generation Z, which is the proper way of pronouncing it. You for, will also know them as Generation Z. So uh, for those, you don't know all of our backgrounds as it starts to come out, but I have a marketing background. So when we, I was doing marketing in school, we had uh, one of our books that we used to talk about was called Sex in the Snow, <laughs> which is a really weird title for a look at demographics and generations. Right. So I was neither at the time sort of there was a Gen Y, so yeah. Gen X and Gen Y. So I was in the beginning of Gen Y, but with the start of millennials, sort of Gen Y, Gen X got huge, Gen Y got sort of misplaced, and then it just went to millennials. Right. But. Yes. So we are talking today about uh, Gen Z, and these are people who were born uh, between 1995 and 2012. Again, I have older like yeah. I'm pretty like pajamas. I know I have pajamas kicking around like sleep shirts that are that vintage. I'm sure of it. Uh, so this information comes from uh, Wikipedia. Take that with a grain of salt. But Some of mine do Wikipedia too. But yeah. yeah, it's getting better. When yeah. Wikipedia first came out, it was trash. Now it's getting better. <laughs> um, there's competing names for this generation. Uh, some of them uh, are the I generation, like the iPod, the iPhone, the stuff Apple like that. Generation. Yeah. Uh, Gen Tech, Gen Wii, which Nintendo was trying, but mm. we stopped happening mainstream a while ago. Uh, the Net Gen, Digital Native, Plurals, and Post Millennials. Post Millennials is what the US Department of Health and Human Services call it. And uh, big points for being creative AF on that boys. Like, oh, yeah. Post Millennials. That's uh, got real thinking caps on that one. <laughs> uh, there's lots of start dates for this generation, but it usually ranges from a starting period between 93 and 97. Um, basically, if you don't remember 9-11 happening firsthand, you fall into Generation Z. So we were just talking about 9-11 off mic um, and where we were and what we were doing on those days. Uh, we have crystal clear memories of it. 
we think. <laughs> Mine are somewhat hazy. <laughs> Mine are pretty clear, I, I hope. Um, right now, the, the group, the Gen Zs, uh, comprise approximately 25% of the U.S. population because they're the children of late baby boomers and... Boom, bust, echo. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Um, Well, their parents are both Gen Xers and Millennials, um, which are the two largest groups following the boomers. Uh, Suggested characteristics come from various different studies. Uh, It is all over the map. Um, They're seen as being independent, entrepreneurial, and that's because they've seen their parents and older siblings struggle in the workforce. So they have a sense of, I have to get out there and hustle and earn for myself. They grew up in the post 9-11 world and the post great recession world. Um, I mean, that great recession will fuck a person up like financially. And uh, you kids might not remember it, but there was a time where you used to be able to go right up to the gate at an airport with your loved ones to say goodbye or to meet them. Mm-hmm. There wasn't four security checks between point A and point B. Watch the movies Big Trouble and Love Actually to see a yes. little bit of that. Uh, even Friends like caught at the last kind of... There's a couple moments on Friends where you're just like, no, that's a pre-9-11 world right there. <laughs> and actually, the movie Big Trouble uh-huh. is, was almost released at the same time just around 9-11 they actually held back the release oh but yeah there's a like if you want to see pre-9-11 airport security watch some big trouble or as i found out you can just go uh, take a train ride because current security status at train stations is what airport security status used to be which is to say nothing Nothing. (laughs) agreed um MTV ran a survey uh, and they characterized themselves as being loyal, compassionate, thoughtful, open-minded, responsible, and determined. And again, I'll say they characterized themselves this way. Uh, But they see other people in their generation, so their peers, as being competitive, spontaneous, adventuresome, and curious. So I think if we looked at that Parkland True. Which holy shit. I want to be them when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wish I had their their abilities. I, I think we're also very cynical because we are older. So, True. and we grew up in a cynical, like the post reality bites 90s. Yes. I think every generation hits a cynical tipping point yeah. where you're just like, damn you. This a, like, there's a bus p- waiting spot right across from my street that I didn't know about until yesterday morning because I was working from home. And, like, it freaked me out that there was, like, a gaggle of yous out there. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, I know you're across the street, and I know you're being harmless, but I don't trust you. <laughs> Get off my lawn! Basically. <laughs> I'm a trash person. <laughs> I will admit it wholly. Uh, what I found surprising was this group, uh, 41% are churchgoers. Huh. So that, that seems high. That could just be because I'm a godless heathen. But I mean, that seems... Also, this group is still probably living with their parents. True. Very true. Yes. And this is American. Yes. Good point. Um, they're risk averse. Uh, so they're not taking big leaps of faith. They report um, that they're not experimenting with alcohol in such like numbers as like our generation did at that point. Because they have opioids. That is a very good point. I never put that one together. <laughs> yeah. 
This They're raiding mom and dad's medicine cabinet. Whereas we were raiding mom and dad's liquor cabinets, which terribly fun story. When my friend Anna and I did that, our first attempt was with, um, what is that? Creme de menthe. Oh. Uh, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. So we just poured ourselves a couple shots of creme de menthe and hammered <laughs> those ones home. That should taste like NyQuil. <laughs> it was terrible. Also, my parents were big drinkers. So I think the bottle was probably bought around the time I was born. So it was 15, 13 years old, somewhere in the whole terrible. But yes, now I, we would have been going into my mom or dad's medicine cabinet for their antidepressants. Yeah. 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 Um, they report wearing seatbelts more often than our generations did at the same time, like the same age. Because of safety standards. <laughs> well, yeah. And like they do studies that show like, I think it was Martin Riggs in one of the Lethal Weapon movies puts on a, a seatbelt. And after that, seatbelt use skyrocketed. Huh. Yeah. So, I mean, little things like that. Martin Riggs slash Mel Gibson, who... Before he was a trash man. Well, yeah. yes, we all knew he was a trash man. Well, <laughs> but that hair, that half mullet, half perm. Oh <laughs> the hair. Peak 80s. Um, they have a lower pregnancy teen, uh, lower teen pregnancy rates, lower rates of substance abuse, maybe because they are growing up in the opioid dependent world and they see what's happening around them. And they're graduating. Or dying. <laughs> yes. These are averages. Um, and they're graduating high school on time more often. Probably because they're not getting pregnant. Yes. Although with the repel of the sex ed curriculum here in Ontario. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of pregnant middle schoolers real soon. <laughs> also, I think if you've seen, like I do, enough um, teen pregnancy, like 16 and pregnant and teen moms, moms, that is the best argument for birth control I think I've ever seen in my life. And the fact that those young now women slash young mothers are functioning for the most part with a few exceptions is impressive af also how i feel better about my parenting skills (laughs) yeah because you're not taking your daughter into court with you to yeah (laughs) a bail hearing because you slapped a waiter at a restaurant or a hotel yeah (laughs) yeah uh this generation has never lived in a world without internet access being readily available so I think of how big the concept of Netflix was when it became available to me on like the reg and it wasn't uh, hang up the phone. I'm on the internet conversations weren't happening. And like these kids know none of that, that struggle, that panic, that fear. So for our listeners, because I keep interrupting, uh, I live in the middle of nowhere in the yeah. country, and so my internet is really crabby, and so my daughter, uh, my three-year-old, knows what loading means. I should go, <laughs> Mom, it's loading, <laughs> or loading, in that tone. She's also three. It's very hilarious. Yeah. She's a three-nager, for sure. So the pro of having always had internet access around is that there's a lot of learning tools, like leapfrog apps and stuff like that. Uh, The con is the trash of humanity is easily accessible to them. Yes, that is true. So uh, they creep online more than they share, which is smart if you ask me. So like you and Twitter, you have a Twitter account just to like look at people. And I don't know what it is anymore. It's it's actually a misspell of my name. (laughs) It's lost to the winds. (laughs) Um, But my Instagram account is like that. True. Uh, They should be better employees than we are because they're 
technically literate, and they like actually talking to people and having face-to-face meetings and discussions. Whereas I am constantly not picking up my phone or sending an email or a Slack message just to avoid having to go talk to someone face-to-face. Oh, I love talking to people. I, I go talk to people more than I... People are the part that are like the biggest problem in my job. <laughs> but I'm also a meeting planner, so yes. yes. That is your job. Whereas I'm just like an office troll. I'm <laughs> just like, leave me alone and let me do my thing. <laughs> do not bother. So I wanted to know what was happening in 2000 when these kids were born. So think back, jump in your way back machine, head on back to the College. year 2K. We had just survived Y2K. That is true. Oh, God, I remember that. I mean, Y2K was fucking bonkers. Everyone was convinced. Like, the problem with Y2K, if you're uninitiated and didn't live in fear of it for, like, the three preceding years, the thought was computers weren't programmed to roll over from 1999 to 2000. So they were going to... Because they only ran on the last two two digits. digits. So that computers would think it was 1900. So the thought was, like... The banking institutions would fall apart. Planes would fly, fall from the sky. World as we know it would turn into like a barren wastescape of like nothing. It, what like, the hype leading up to it was nuts. Uh, they put on a whole bunch of different patches. They fixed the problem. Midnight rolls around for two thousand, and life continued on as usual. That was great. So, um. I went to a website, thepeopleshistory.com. Uh, they looks like they built the website in 2000 and never updated it, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> it's real, boxy. Yeah, it's real boxy HTML style code. Uh, real, real delightful uh, look back. U.S. postage stamp with that year was 33 cents. Uh, by context, I know it's different 20 years later in Canadian dollars, but our stamps now are one something, 140. We have permanent stamps now, so they never expire. Anyway, you're paying more than 33 cents a stamp. Um, The Sydney Olympics happened that year. Oh, I remember that. My favorite gymnast lost her gold individual all-around medal because she was on cold medication that her doctor gave her. No. Poor Andrea Rodico. See, I remember that summer, uh, Anna, my friend and I had like, it was a summer of sleepovers. And the Olympics were going on. And so we just like watched Olympics nonstop. And Ian Thorpe was just the torpedo. The torpedo was just hot shit. And we were like, I love your swimsuit. And I love how big your feet are because that means other things. <laughs> and that swimsuit did not leave a whole lot not of damage. Not, no, it did not. Thank you, Ian Thorpe slash the torpedo, whose ears are probably burning right now going, what is happening? <laughs> Who was he talking was of me? so much hotter than Michael Phelps. Not quite yeah. as fast, but Michael Phelps looks... Goofy. No offense to Michael Phelps. There's a lot of sideswipes happening on this podcast. Uh, Bill Gates retired from Microsoft that year. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is going back to our Mandela effect. I thought he was still running Microsoft. <laughs> no, like because like he's in the news so much for the uh, for the Bill Gates Foundation that he the Bill and Mel- uh, Melanie uh, Melinda Melinda Gates Foundation. But yeah, he hasn't run Microsoft in huh. almost twenty years. Huh. Uh, PlayStation. You know. Yeah. PlayStation 2 was released in 2000. Not gamers, but I had friends that were. Uh, we lived through the hell on earth that was the Bush v. Gore election. Oh, God. I Hanging chads, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Do you not just shudder when you hear that at our age? Whoa, that was... 
clusterfuck of, it own, of its own. There was a mad cow disease scare in yes, Europe. Yes, I remember that. Windows 2000 is released, appropriately titled. Uh, the dot-com bubble burst, uh, which fucked up the world economy. Uh, that was fun. Everyone was making money hand over fist. But was it real money? Wasn't real money. It was like the tulip bubble of the seventeen or the sixteen hundreds in Holland, where everyone was paying huge amounts for websites and online space that suddenly realized meant nothing to anyone. Yeah, anywhere. it didn't produce anything. No. Uh, ta, 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 the London Eye opens, which is very cool because I did the London Eye this year. Yeah, I know. It was only supposed to be a temporary installment, just like the um, Eiffel Tower was supposed to be temporary to the World's Fair. But it's become so popular and such a staple of the yeah. city that it stayed. Uh, the I Love You computer virus. I don't really remember that. It was like a worm. Like you clicked I didn't on a have link. A computer at the time, so yeah. Yeah, you clicked a link. It, it all happened when like AOL was coming on CD-ROMs that you oh had gosh. to put in, and then it was like it's what taught us not to click scary unknown links. Really, it would like burrow in and like spread out, and it, it was a whole thing. It was early virus wear that was really effective. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire is released, arguably the best Harry Potter book. Uh, Survivor premieres. Now it's into season 789, I, I understand. Uh, I think I watched the first two episodes or seasons, and I was like, okay. I only watched the first season. I'm out. But like, you have to remember, like, reality. Oh, yeah. We got its boost from this. Yeah, because before that, it was just the real world. That was yeah. the only reality TV show. And that was MTV premium cable, yeah. really. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the 60s groovy revival was everywhere. Oh, my 60s God. 60s and 70s. Dan and I were just talking about this. About yeah. how, like, the early 2000s, these bands had this sort of Rickenbacker vintage feel with all the denim and look at me, I'm so cool, or this sort of Beatles look and yeah. it was so stupid and it wasn't good vintage it was just shitty the bell bottoms yeah. the, the jets flower power flowers yeah. all down to austin powers came out around the same time too that 70s show premiered around then too so yeah. that built on the revival uh and as i found out my birthday was on a friday that year i turned 15 i want to say yes 15 i was in college so i turned 20 that year you're, yeah you're old <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so, uh, fun facts about this group, these Gen Z kids that are just uh, about to start their last year of high school, comes from a BuzzFeed listicle uh, by Dave Stopra uh, called 58 Extremely Disappointing Facts About the Class of 2018. <laughs> the lyric, shake it like a Polaroid picture, has no meaning to them. <gasps> yeah. I remember my aunt had a Polaroid camera and it was the shit. It was technology. I had about that 2000s. I had my first Polaroid for much less pure reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I fucking love that song. It popped up on every single playlist I put on my iPod mini uh, that I downloaded illegally off of LimeWire. Like, oh God, LimeWire. They won't know what like LimeWire is. I know. Napster or LimeWire or what was the other one? And like if you got Kaboom, Kazam. This is feeling Sinbaddy again from last episode. Anyways. Uh, So I, I just bought a new car, right? And I turned in my old one and my old one had a CD player in it. And I never, I hadn't used it for the last like year because I was listening to podcasts with the aux cable. And so I get a call from the dealership. You left a CD in your car. 
do you want to pick it up? Do you want us to mail it to you? I was like, well, just mail it to me. That's fine. It shows up. And I thought it was like a Glee soundtrack because that's all I remember listening to in that car. It was a burnt CD that said 2006 Frosh on it. I don't have a CD player in my car now. They just, they don't make them yeah. anymore. So I popped it in at home and it was like uh, the, that song, like Shake It Like a Polaroid Picture, uh, Idol Wise, like it instantly transported back to early 2000s. It was so trippy. It was nuts. Uh, if you say you sound like a broken record, chances are they're not going to understand you. Although vinyl is back, so oh, that's true. Yeah, vinyl is a very has gotten a really big resurgence. But if you're 18, can you afford the the tech? Probably not. But your parents might, because like we have a record player downstairs. True, true, true. Uh, unlike the one that we had in my house when I grew up, that my dad brought from Germany in the 70s, where he was serving, and all he had was ABBA. <laughs> On vinyl, <laughs> which is where my deep, unabiding, unashamed love of ABBA comes from. My aunt might still have her like big one with hat, which had like a record and eight track Ooh. and cassette. <laughs> See, my dad wasn't cool enough for eight tracks. <laughs> um, they don't understand where the shutter sound on your phone comes from when you take a picture. Like that is legit. Like a shutter used to have to cl- open and close to get a picture on film. They've always had GPS and I've never had to look up directions or print them out. Go on Google Ghetto. Exactly. And just follow it. Like, and I, map reading is a lost skill to me. I used to be able to read a map and then my dad hands me an atlas last summer and he's like, get us to this out of the way place. And I'm just like, I don't remember how to do this. I will need instruction. <laughs> Give me a minute. I'll take out my phone. <laughs> uh, roll down your window has no meaning. Yeah, because there was a physical action involved of rolling it down. Some trucks still have that, like new trucks. Yep. Wow. Ford. Ah, <laughs> uh, like more. Yeah, the bigger work. Oh, okay. Trial trucks. Right. Yeah. Because they're pretty expensive without the bells, whistles, and nobody cares about their you know peeps. Sure. Uh, they never knew a Destiny's Child that had four members, or they just don't know Destiny's Child at all. So they probably see like. Bay performing at Coachella and being like, who are those two ladies with her singing on stage? Whereas like Destiny's Child was like, after Spice Girls, my first like modern band that I listened to because my parents were oldies freaks and then always listened to oldies. So, I mean, Spice Girls, first love. (laughs) Destiny's Child, close second. (laughs) Uh, They don't know who William Hung is. That's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. So in this weird and wild world of American Idol, when it first premiered, it was the shit. They like to put terrible singers. I, I saw the first season. That was it. They probably still did it. But they put absolute terrible singers on and kind of made fun of them. And this guy had a complete, like, club career out of it. He released, like, songs. Yeah. Oh, bad. Terrible. 15 minutes of fame. <sighs> I think it stretched out to 20. And... Or now it's YouTube stars. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He was an early YouTube star. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Star Wars has never been a trilogy. To us growing up, it was, a trilogy. it was only ever a trilogy. And then those bad movies came in the 2000s. And then Disney bought the property and they're like, we're going to beat this horse to death because it's going to keep paying out. No, they just bought the property. The It was Lucasfilms who put out the the, the first three. Yes. Yeah. But like these new ones. Yeah. But Disney's making back that billion yeah. dollars oh, they yeah. spent as oh, yeah. quick as possible. Uh, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC have been bands for longer than they've been alive. 
the look on your face. <laughs> awesome. Uh, they live in a world where Blink-182 plays on classic rock stations. That is true. I stopped listening to the radio because, no joke, Green Day's time of my life was playing on the classic rock. And I'm like, I'm out. Uh, yeah, I uh, like, I remember, and this was many years ago, I was listening to Shay, which is our classic rock yeah. station here in Ottawa, for those people who do not live in Ottawa. And there was, like, they do the moment in classic rock. Mm-hmm. And I remember where I was for that moment <laughs> in classic rock because it was, like, Nirvana-related, right. Nirvana and Courtney, I think. And I was like, mmm, I old. No, tap it And this was, like, ten years ago, probably, when we first moved here. I was like, mmm, is this really classic rock? And we were like, yeah, actually, we're getting so old that our... Teen Our years, because as I said, I'm I'm uh, five years older than Elise, so I was t- teen in the prime '90s. So I wore flannel. <laughs> I had my long. Luckily, I was a teenager in the '90s because my hair is very straight and very fine, and it didn't perm, so I couldn't have done the '80s like my sister Oof, did. Right. Uh, so I had the hair partened in the middle, long, lots of flannel, Black. lots of grunge. No, no, I didn't do the emo. I was never emo. Uh, I was grunge. So uh, I was combat boots. So I love my Doc Martens, which I still do. I don't own any, <laughs> but uh, I loved my Doc Martens. So I had lots of Doc Martens and original Airwalks and yeah, flannel. Well, for our Patreon listeners, one of my bonus content is now going to be to seek out Andy's mom and ask for all these photos. And this will be my rabbit hole that I fall down. <laughs> you could Andy's- just go downstairs to the box I have. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll ask Dan then. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? Uh, they've always had to accept Crocs as being a reality. <laughs> Those poor, poor bastards. We grew up at a time. It was a simpler time. It was a better time. Or Crocs, my Crocs wasn't slippers. an option. Yes, but they're slippers, and they don't look like Crocs. That is true. Yeah, and I mean. you don't have terrible tan lines because of them. Yeah, that I uh, Wardrobe malfunction doesn't mean anything to them. Those lucky bastards, because the year that happened, that's all you heard about. Never forget Justin Timberlake. Fucking just being a terrible human being. And of course it was Janet's fault. Of course. In very, very clear early patriarch days where like people were actually like calling out the patriarch like early, early, early. They were like, wait, he ripped off her clothes and it's her fault. Explain. And nobody could. They will never know the lie that is the anti-skip technology on a CD player. Which is just fucking alive. <laughs> you paid extra for it and it did not work. Your CD player had to sit very still, or else you'd get the skips on it. And I, what I think is the worst thing about this generation is that to them, the Spice Girls are just middle-aged women. <laughs> Whereas to me, they are a musical tour de force. <laughs> I have both of their albums on my phone, and I listen to it regularly on my drive home on sunny days when I want to rock out. And I sing along. It's actually on my Girls Rule playlist for of the girls. You know, when Adele did her pool karaoke with uh, James Corden, she said, my heart broke for the first time when the Spice Girls split up. And I have never related to something as deeply as I did as when Adele said that. For all of Adele's beautiful music that resonates, it was that comment that I'm actually like, I get it. (laughs) I feel it. I feel it deep, Adele. I get it now. My favorite band's still together, so. Lucky. But they're talking about doing a reunion. And they're getting, it sounds like they're getting closer. Yay. So you and I have to book tickets. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so yeah, in conclusion, I feel old. <laughs> yes, I also feel old because 2000, I was in college for the second time. Right. 
Yes. So I had done college and failed slash left, <laughs> uh, taken a year off, and then I had moved up to Ontario to go to college. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we've shit talked this generation pretty good. I'm uh, there's exceptions to every rule, of course. But we're just playing into that old trope of this this new generation kids these days. <laughs> so yeah, that's my rabbit hole. And I interrupted a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's the whole point. So I, I'm going in the way back machine yeah. for my rabbit hole, and we are looking at the urine wheel. The urine wheel? <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, are, like, we shouldn't talk about Trump too much. <laughs> so this weekend, we took uh, our kids, my husband and I took our two little ones, to um, the Science and Tech Museum. And one of the things they have there is a medical section, and they have this giant me- urine wheel, like, <laughs> based on the medieval middle-aged urine wheel and you can spin it and my three-year-old spent literally five minutes spinning the urine wheel so i was like i must look this up yes please because what i'm picturing and what i'm sure it actually is are two very different things so used from the middle ages until the 19th century okay is this urine wheel so it was a wheel obviously uh, a round circle divided into sections that was broken down by color taste and smell of urine oh okay I'm on board. So, uh, especially in the Middle Age, medieval time, it was really deemed not appropriate for doctors to examine, like physically examine their patients or even disrobe them. Mm-hmm. So their main diagnostic tool was urine. <laughs> so they put it in these big glass, uh, um, specially made beakers, mm-hmm. and they would examine it. So they would look at it. They would taste it. Mm-hmm. Uh, And they would smell it. So, I mean, yeah. So, and I mean, even now, the science is different, but still, like, you pee in a cup a lot for your doctor to do tests and stuff. Um, So, still, pee is very important, but nobody, my doctor ain't drinking it, thank (laughs) God. Um, Well, you don't know. You just hand that cup in. You don't know what happens to it afterwards. That's true, but I don't hand it to my doctor, so... Uh, so yeah, so you know this was back, back, back in the day, and uh, so they'd have this handy chart, which was urine wheel. Sorry, I didn't do my writing as much as I did last time. So it went from twenty possible colors, from white as well water to black. Because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but if you have black pee, you've got some serious issues. Have you never like see when I get sick, I stop intaking fluids or food. Like I like my stomach is the first thing that happens. And so anytime I go see the doctor in that situation, she has me do a pee test and it's dark. It's not black, but it's dark. It's your kidney shutting down and eating itself. (laughs) Yeah. So like, but they have like purple and red and blue and green and black. Blue is if you have porphyria. So uh, do you know that King, it's reported that King George III, so the mad king, Mm -hmm. had purple urine. Because he had porphyria. Yes. So <laughs> it's a neurological disease that probably contributed to his um, madness. So they would um, just, they would, again, it's so strange. So the diabetic test, so if the urine was wonderfully sweet, as if imbibed with honey or sugar, you probably had diabetes. So mm-hmm. again, they're like, ooh, this pee is honey sweet. <laughs> oh, again. Mm. So that's an interesting vintage right there. <laughs> yeah. So this idea would be diagnosing using urine goes 
urine goes back to Greco-Roman times. So, I mean, and it still is common today, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they had sort of the right idea. So, but luckily, basically, they don't do that anymore. Uh, they, you know, test for sediment and other things. But yes, the urine wheel um, was a very big thing. And so, so they were called piss prophets. <laughs> well, if you're going to go into the business, you might as well alliterate yourself. I mean, like, so so many weird things would happen during the medieval times, and now I've lost my strain of thought. Uh, again, they didn't disrobe. They didn't touch people. Like, I, I see... Yeah, so apparently this person has recently watched a video of episode of Dr. Oz. Which, just don't. Just don't. Just don't. Um, which he talks about the color of some unfortunate woman's urine in front of millions of... Uh, viewers and she offers up a cup of what looks like diluted molasses Ugh. to the good doctor for judgment of dehydration. No shit. <laughs> As if she didn't have a seeking suspicion of this already from the looks of what dark mu- mu- murky fluid resides in the bottom of the plastic cup. Ugh. Mm. Before. So again, like it was just so very common because it was vital to gauging the health of a person's liver and their kidneys analyzing how much so it was also the best way analyzing urine was the best way to determine whether a patient's four humors Mm -hmm. their blood phlegm yellow and black bile were in balance (laughs) there's just so many things wrong (laughs) with yellow and black bile well i mean think about the time like there was you couldn't autopsy anyone to learn about the body because it was seen as desecrating it, and that, that was a no-no in the church. Uh, I mean, heaven help you if you touched a woman that wasn't your wife slash you were paying for. <laughs> and I mean, it was best guesses. It wasn't even educated guesses. It was just best guesses. So they would also look at the bubbles. The presence of large bubbles spread far apart, significant that the urinator was about to come into a lot of money. So this was the piff, piss profits instead of the doctors. Okay, wait. Are they saying that it's carbonated or it was just expelled with such force that it blew air into it? So <laughs> urine, U-R-O-M-A-N-C-Y was the art of divinity. Div- divini- divination? Divination. Divination. Thank you. Using urine. Piss profits, as they were known. Hmm. So these people told your future. Again, based on your urine's color, sometimes taste. Well, if you're peeing out diluted molasses, I'm going to guess that you have a very short lifespan. Yes, that's also. <laughs> you're probably not going to make it too much longer. Uh, so the presence of large bubbles. So they would also read bubbles seconds after it hit the bowl. There so, it is. Yeah. So the presence of large bubbles spread far apart, significant that the urinator was about to come into a lot of money. Conversely, the small bubbles packed tightly together significant illness, loss, or death of a loved one. <laughs> Even pregnant women would visit piss prophets in the hopes of learning the sex of their baby. Well, I mean, women do crazy things with, like, rings on strings, and you're carrying high, low, back, front, like... Yes. I had an ultrasound. <laughs> Well, damn it, Andy, you and this insistence that you maintain a standard of Western modern medical knowledge about yourself is just foolish. 
<laughs> so they'll today that no physicians no longer taste urine, nor do they spend much time contemplating its color or smell, Dr. Oz aside. Did somebody actually feel the need to put that on a website? Like we yes. all have to like be reminded, like yeah. dudes, we run medical tests now. It's not down to whether Pistol Pete over there figured out <laughs> what shade it is off of a piss wheel. Like now, that to be said, this person, uh, which is Lizzie Lindsay Fitzharris, off of drlindsayfitzharris.com. So apparently she's a doctor of some sort. Um, well, so is Dr. Oz. That is true. <laughs> that said, asking a patient to pee into an impossibly impi- tiny cup is not an uncommon request <laughs> that everyone entering a hospital or medical office today knows. One can't help but think the experience would be much more enjoyable if the doctor, upon being presented with a warm cup of cloudy liquid, poured it into a divin- divination bowl and told us we were about to be rich. She does have True. a point. I just want a round of applause. <laughs> Yeah. You got it into the cup! <laughs> also, tiny, tiny cups are if uh, a guy is going through some sort of testing for sperm. Right. Because they give you a tiny cup that you have to, like, get it in there. Like, Well, I mean, you don't want to give them a big cup and make them feel even less true. masculine over it. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like a tiny cup, and you're asking something to come in it with force. I mean... It's a tiny cup on the urine test too, bud. <laughs> or maybe that's just my size. But I'm just saying, it is they need the most uncomfortable metal test. Right? I mean, the, the way we are with medical technology, the fact that we still have to do this, infuriates me. Like, there's got to be some other way you've got to get at it. <laughs> the um, So when uh, we had a friend who went through IVF, so... Uh, the guy had the, they were going through IVF together, so he had to go into the room and spank into a cup. Mm. And he was like, it's one of the most uncomfortable situations that he's ever had to go through. But he realized that it is nothing compared to having her eggs harvested and all of yeah. the shots and stuff. But we were, le- but it's it's funnier, right. like than the situation that we as women who go through fertility have to deal with. But making fun of his uncomfortable, like, here's some old porno bags <laughs> and this computer has some, some movies on it. Oh, and he's like, gross. He's like, so you, he gave you the sheet. Put the sheet down on the chair. Oh. And he's like, it's a line of rooms. And you know that these rooms are all full of men also. I just have to say, whoever is getting paid to clean those rooms is not getting paid enough. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I was to put it out there. Same with hotel cleaners. Oh, yeah. Just just not enough. So, oh, apparently at one point there's a... Because, okay, we also say that there's a day for everything now. Yep. Uh, so, November 20th is apparently World Toilet Day. Oh, boy. Uh, so that uh, is a parade I do not want to go to. <laughs> uh, so my children would love it because uh, my can't. I have two small children, so I've never been able to poop or pee by myself if I'm home. I have two cats, and I have the same problem. Yeah. Only your cats are flushing the toilet while you're still doing your business. To be fair, one of my bathrooms has a litter in it right next to the toilet. Wellington would not wait for me to be done, <laughs> and I was like, "Really, dude? Really?" Come on. <laughs> and then, like, I'm stuck. I can't go anywhere. Yeah. Like, oh, it was rough. He's <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're yeah, going to watch This is me. happening. 
kids. So, you know, the funny thing is, like, you know, when they looked at those shades of pea, they were rarely looking at also what you were eating, right? So now we know vegetables and things can change the color of your urine. Asparagus makes it smell different. Not that they were eating a ton of vegetables other than cabbage and potatoes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, depends on where they were. True. Um, But also, like, so the Bristol stool chart is something that we still use. So we had the urine meal. Now we have poop. So type one is separated to hard lumps like nuts, hard to pass, or because of this podcast, it, to me, it looks like rabbit poop. poop. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Uh, type two is a sausage shaped but lumpy poop. Ugh. Type three is like a sausage but cracks on the surface. Type four is like a sausage or snake, smooth and soft Ugh. and skinny. Five is soft blobs with clear cut edges. <laughs> Six is fluffy pieces with ragged edges and mushy stool. And seven is watery, no solid pieces, entirely liquid. All right. Well, we made it to episode three and a half without... Talking about pee and poop. Scat talk. Yeah. Now now we're there. (laughs) Now we're over that hump. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is what doctors use still currently to um, diagnose various illnesses like the irritable bowel syndrome... But for ideal poop, you four and five. So soft blobs or sausage or snake smooth and soft are apparently ideal forms for your poop. I'll I'll take note of that. (laughs) Yes. Oh, apparently for the layman market, uh, you can buy stool, Bristol stool charts, mugs and business card cases. Well, there you go. Now we know what we're adding to the merch store. Yes, apparently. <laughs> Pea wheels, urine wheels. and uh, yeah. So wait, what was this urine wheel that your kid was playing with? <laughs> so in the Science and Tech Museum, they have a spot where they talk about like old school medicine. Yeah. And they literally have a giant version of the wheel that you can spin. Oh, okay. And it has all the 20 segments. So the blue urine probably smells like this and tastes like this. And this is probably what it means you have. Right. So the wheel was divided into 20 and then you had the colors in the middle and then the tastes and the smells. And it was used as a diagnostic tool. So they end and it's a spinnable wheel at in the Science and Tech Museum. So my three-year-old is just, just going to town. On just going to town on this sucker. That's See, I remember that museum was being very interactive. So when you started describing this, I was like, I don't know what was happening with this wheel, but I'm glad to hear it's just for display purposes. Yes, Get just it. for display and for three-year-olds to spin <laughs> So that is my, uh, my very poorly put together podcast for about urine meals. <laughs> Can I say it's pretty impressive that between the two of us, you're the one that tackled the historical subject first. I know! Weird, right? Because I have two degrees in history and call myself a historian at least twice a week and love the shit, like, unreasonably so. And so I made myself promise to myself that I would not do just historical content. And I'm the one going medieval urine wheels. Yeah, exactly. The most useful thing I ever learned for in terms of uh, modern application to my life today came from a British history class where the professor said, if you wake up in the morning peeing blue, go see your doctor. You have porphyria. (laughs) 
And I was like, duly noted. Then <laughs> that was like 10 years ago. And it's still in the thought bank. And so every morning what? I check, no blue pee yet. So I got that going for me. <laughs> yes. So apparently that's what uh, King George III's pee looked like. It was blue or Yes. Because he was a little bonkers around the edges. That's a good movie with Rupert Everett. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I remember it being Rupert Everett playing the Prince Regent. The uh, he's obviously got a character in Hamilton, the Broadway musical, right. and Jeffrey Goff uh-huh. from Glee plays the original. And yes, so but the whole Porphyria thing came up after. Yes, so he's only plays it slightly mad, but it's it's quite funny the the song and stuff that he sings. Right. So he had the the crown and the cape, but the original crown was very heavy, so he could only walk a certain way. <laughs> so he was talking to so Beyonce and Jay Z uh-huh. go back to Beyonce, and um, he was talking to them after they came to see it and she was asking him what made him walk that way because she wanted to steal the walk right because it was sort of a lean back slow and he's like no just the sheer weight of the (laughs) crown and then when he was off took some time off to do his hbo show Uh um this person who was doing king george the crown broke and they got a new crown which was so much lighter but when he went back to do hamilton still own the walk yeah he still had to do the walk but he's like it was much harder to do the walk with a really light crown right so but he's like yeah beyonce wanted to steal my like move yeah he felt very proud of himself Well, that is our trip down the rabbit holes for today, <laughs> which I have to say, while setting up all the website and the social media, I typed the word holes way too many times, <laughs> and I got real uncomfortable. Um, we would love for you to connect with us. We have our website at www.rabbitholespodcast.com. Uh, our email, feel free to shoot us a message. Let us know about some of your rabbit holes, uh, and we might just get inspiration from that and uh, head on down them. Our email is rabbitholespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at rabbitholespod. Facebook, we have a page set up for the, the show. And on Instagram, we're at, we are at, at Rabbit Holes Podcast. We also have a Patreon uh, page, which if you want to come and join us, you get some special content, you get some fun stuff. Um, you can either connect with us on patreon.com backslash rabbit holes podcast. So you can also search us on there or via the support tab on our website. Uh, we're going to put up some stuff, uh, some of the more visual um, rabbit holes that we come across. Like in our first episode, we mentioned my uh, visual rabbit hole of the sexy underwear for men, mm-hmm. which is definitely if you are uh, either easily shocked or it's probably not for you. Or easily entertained. Or it e- is for you. If you're easily entertained and don't mind some peen, then <laughs> it's definitely for you. We also have some merch uh, on Redbubble, Redbubble uh, backslash people, backslash rabbit holes podcast. Or you can also find that on the merch tab on our website. Some t-shirts, some um, mugs. mugs. So we might see if we can find a urine wheel uh, logo mm-hmm. uh, uh, to put on there just for those of you who like to know. Yeah, so that wraps up the show for today. Uh, Remember, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. Have a good one. 